Good evening, Stuart. I am well. I am well. Um, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, hot and a bit. I bet you yeah, are. if I sound Oof. a bit breathy, it's. Oh God, don't stop it. <laughs> People are probably trying to drive their cars since you being <laughs> hot and breathless. It's too much. <laughs> like like some eighties erotic thriller. Yeah. A DJ. <laughs> 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 but yeah, how you how you coping with uh? the heat and the lockdown and the impending lifting of lockdown and oh god um good i think actually i mean that sounded like really bad didn't it but um making loads of comics and i'm still working and so i kind of don't talk about it a lot because i just feel quite blessed that i'm okay yeah i mean it's been hard but i'm okay so i feel pretty privileged to feel like that i guess well, that's it. I mean, with the exception of not being able to do troops, my life's pretty much been the same because I'm fairly antisocial anyway, so I wasn't going yeah. out a lot. No. Most of my uh, socialising was done via Skype and the like, so yeah. that's carried on as normal. Work carried on as normal because people still want their yeah. posts, apparently. Yeah, well, I've got I've got a, a two-year-old or just turned two, and all the lads at work and stuff have been like, oh, I just miss going to the pub, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I just... I." I haven't I don't really I don't do that a lot at the moment because I don't have the option to do it and equally like when I go to the pub with some of my friends and stuff it just turns into this like mad beer frenzy and I don't want to wake up hungover with a two-year-old tapping me in the head saying daddy 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 it's just like nah I don't drink anymore so going to the pub's even more tedious after a while oh god that just yeah (laughs) What do you, what do you, yeah, that just kind of defeats the point, doesn't it? And expensive, because it's weirdly more expensive to be a non-drinker. Yeah. Oh, my like, God. They've all these fancy sodas. They, they call them sodas, don't they? These fancy sodas, like all these weird flavours. My wife was always like, like, it's like I can yeah. get half a comic for that. Yeah. I, I remember we went to one um, in town, me and my wife, and, we, and I was having a beer, and then she was like, oh, I'll just have one of those, like, you know, virgin cocktail things and i was like okay cool what do you want oh, i want this no worries and it was like eight quid that's like, it fucking hell it's a drink you know? we can't afford a house anymore. yeah get two pints off of this is ridiculous I'm not paying this prizes make it last woman it's, a, it's weird how they sting you on the uh soft drinks Would yeah i thought they'd be cheaper but yeah they're not it's like they want you to get pissed but that's it they're trying to yeah exactly <laughs> And they're trying to coke you back, coax you back. Oh, God. It's cheaper. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're going to start charging us for air and say it's cheaper to vape and smoke and stuff. I mean, it used to be bad in the late 90s when they charge you a fiver for a bottle of water in a nightclub. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you'd be, and the water bottle was tiny. And you yeah. I remember that being in the bar. Like and it was dying. always warm. It's like yeah. it came from a fridge. It is weirdly warm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, brilliant see i don't miss that either no see once you're married and you stop drinking 
appeal of going out like that kind of loses a lot of it because you're not looking to hook up with anybody. You're not getting pissed. No, you don't dance. No. Because no, <laughs> no. you're not well, drinking. You're too yeah, I was going to say, you need the alcohol to fuel you in, into, uh, into the mood, so to so. speak. You just stood yeah. in a loud room listening to music you don't particularly like. Yeah, yeah. Watching your mates being bellends. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Because I remember doing that a few times when I used to drive every now and again. You know, you get designated driver or whatever. You, were, you had something the next day, and you'd go to a club and see everyone behaving as they would behave, how you how you would behave as well, I guess. Yeah. And I always remember looking at it going, oh, Christ, I hope I don't look like that when I'm drunk. But, <laughs> you know, probably worse, you know, just... I think I was talking to Tony the other day. I've had this, I've got this real, I've got that classic thing. If I hear a guitar say that, I seem to like have to subtly play the air guitar. And then as I get drunker, it gets worse and worse and worse. And I said to him, I was like, I'm just listening to a bit of Dire Straits, you know, Money for Nothing, cracking out the air guitar. And then Tony was like, you're sad or something. And I was like, oh, shit. When Tony Esmond calls me sad, that's like... I've hit rock bottom. <laughs> See, I'm the same with air piano. <laughs> oh, nice. I like that. A bit of, who would you play air piano to? Like, um, particularly, there's a bit in um, Bruce Springsteen's Thunder Road. That if, oh, nice. Yes. I generally have Springsteen in the car. So if I'm driving, I'm like, I'd start playing air piano on the steering wheel. I'm always like, you're being a dick. Yeah, yeah. I know. But it's cool. Pimble <laughs> Wizard, I could probably do. Pimble Wizard on the old piano. Yeah, on the tickle the ivories as they say that's why i'm not allowed any billy joel albums in the car <laughs> <laughs> but anyway and enough of why clubbing yeah <laughs> that's done that segment's that's over it. kill that's that I'll rubbish that separate as a mini episode yeah don't don't let people hear that it's rubbish <laughs> so, meant to be cool remember meant to be cool are we? When did that happen? Well, I've been told I'm cool by my mum. <laughs> yeah. Your mum told me I was cool as well. I bet she did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we get too cool, yes. let's, let's get down to the nitty gritty nerdiness of it all. Uh, yeah. Daryl, why comics? Why comics? Why indeed? Um, I feel like um it's one of those genres that on the outside when you first start when you look into it it's magical and the uh the kind of idea of doing it just seems kind of fun and exciting and you get to bring your characters to life um i mean that was my initial kind of why i kind of started making comics um and i think reading them uh, i kind of got back into them um gosh how long ago is it now probably about 11 years ago i think probably now um just from like reading kind of seeing some like manga and um small press stuff and things like that and i think um it's just a, a unique platform isn't it it's so many things and ideas can kind of be conveyed in a comic and i love animation um and movies and stuff but uh, uh, animations like i'm a massive fan of it and there are things that people do in comics that they won't 
necessarily always doing animation or that doesn't always work in in animation i think it's a page turn you know if you yeah. get a really good book and you get that kind of page turn whereas in a in an animation it's kind of you're always waiting for it to happen or you know i saw um a bit of the invincible on uh amazon prime i watched the first two episodes of that which i thought was quite interesting because um everyone was kind of getting a bit pumped for it because invincible was so was obviously a, a great series and um i i didn't really know how i felt about it i was kind of like on the fence whether i liked it or not i think if i'd seen it without reading the book i probably thought it was great but i See, didn't yeah i'm torn on that because i've not read the book yet because it's one that just weirdly passed me by mm. i don't know why i didn't find out about it until much later in life but yeah yeah um just i don't think like i say it just wasn't on my radar at the time so i'm torn with do i watch the series before reading the books or yeah i think if you're not going to read the books definitely watch the series yeah i would say that definitely because I kind of had that with Walking Dead to the point where I wasn't going to w- read any Walking Dead until I'd finished watching the series by that point. But then I gave up on the series because so they just drag things out, don't they? It's well, yeah, because like... it got to the point where it's like we found somewhere safe. We cocked it up. We found somewhere safe. We cocked it up. We found somewhere no. safe. They cocked it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. I think I've watched like two seasons of Walking Dead and that that's it, really. I kind of, again, I, I read a few issues of the comic and was like, I don't know sometimes and I'm sure you've had it as well where you've picked up a comic you've read the first issue you thought this is actually all right you've carried on reading it it's got better and better and better and then you're 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 in it aren't you you're swept up you get the backstory you know everything and you're telling everyone it's the best thing since sliced bread forgetting that the first book probably isn't as great as or it's a slow it's slow yeah so I remember reading the beginning of Walking Dead and being like, what is everyone going on about? I mean, it's all right. You know, it's not like my thing. Um, and I spoke to a friend who's a me- mega fan. I was like, yeah, he doesn't really get going till this bit. And I was like, bloody hell. Like, oh, it's a bit like Breaking Bad. I remember like seeing that and everyone going on about it. And I think I got to like season four and was just or three. And I was like, this is just shit. Like <laughs> Jesse's just an absolute moron. Like, if this guy is so smart, why is he still hanging around with this absolute knobber? Like, and I just gave up. And then a guy at work was like, no, you have to watch it. So I did. And I got to the end and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe in like season five, it gets better. <laughs> but yeah, I, was like, see, like, I struggled with that for about a season and a half. And then it yeah. was partway into season two, I was like, actually, I'm, I don't know if I'm enjoying it, but I've become invested enough to yeah. keep watching. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, is this actually good? Or is there just millions of people that are so invested in it that they now think it's great, but actually it probably ain't that great? Yeah, like I said, I think I got swept up in it to the point where when it finished on Netflix <clears> and they I bought the complete box series on Blu-ray, like yeah. at reduced price, I'll never watch it again. No, no. So it's possibly odd episodes I dip in and out of, but yeah, it's not a fun one. <laughs> no. Sort of, the older I get, the less into nihilistic sort of things I am as well. Yeah, I just want something happy, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I love a bit happy, you know. But I think, um, like, going, I guess going back to comics, sorry to steer us wildly off track two minutes in. That's <laughs> classic Thorpe right there. <laughs> the king of tangents. Um, sorry, I love a tangent. Yeah, all right, good, good. Um, I'm a comics fan. It's all about tangents. 
Do you find essentially that what those weird. little editor boxes were? It's like, if you yeah. want to know more about this, read Superman. Read this. <laughs> Do you know what? I didn't know any of this until I started reading um, old Marvel books where Tony was like, oh, read this, read this, read that. And there's just all these notes everywhere. And yeah. Because I, I read, I think it was um, the uh, Dark Phoenix saga. I think that's right. Um, and there's loads of notes everywhere, but I'm reading it in the trade. It's a huge trade. So I was like, yeah, I know. I've just read that. Why is this? Why, why are you telling me again? Obviously. And then um, I think Tony said, where well, he goes, you have to remember and everyone couldn't get all the issues all the time. Yeah. So you would, you could miss holes everywhere. And so people just didn't know that. It was, and I forget sometimes of the luxury of the internet that we have. Where I can literally go Google things or literally go onto Marvel Unlimited, whatever it is, and go, oh, yeah, like if she did, I don't read that. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Dump that back here, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a funny old thing having editor's notes, but then I guess that's just, I don't know. I'm not a massive Marvel DC reader. I would, I used to say I wasn't a fan, but I am now. I just think I, um, I had a really interesting situation where, I was looking at K- watching Kayfabe, like probably a lot of people do that are listening, uh, or you watch Bits and Bobs. And I bought a few um, Marvel comics, like actual, you know, um, floppies. And when they turned up, I was blown away by them, how cool they were, because they were printed on pulpy paper. Yeah. And... I've been trying to read them on Comicsology and just wasn't getting on because the colours were so garish and they're really throwing my eye and I was just like, oh, not really, this colour is a bit naff and, naff and what's going on? And then when I read it in print, the colours all worked because obviously they'd been designed so vibrant to be eaten in by the paper. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, this is amazing. Like These are great. And I was, and the part of me was like, I get there's a massive back catalogue, but if someone could just colour them better for digital, <laughs> that would really help me out. <laughs> there's some digital. It's like um, I was on Never Not Had Anything to talk about the John Byrne Man of Steel thing, and Tony was sending me things from the digital, like images from the digital. Yeah. And some of it was really nice and vibrant and popped nicely in digital. Mm. But other stuff, I mean, I'm not on massive not a massive fan of reading comics digitally anyway no. if, if there's a choice between digital or paper i'll take the paper every time yeah definitely it's, definitely. it's only because i can't be asked to go through boxes sometimes so i'll just go on comicsology and buy it yeah. or if you can't get it in this country yeah 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 definitely so. i think um it's interesting isn't it like how things have ch- changed like reading back notes and things like that and um it's a shame i think uh sometimes I, there's there's bits of comics i've read from you know both kind of big two and things like that and i sometimes wonder should they i don't know i was having a conversation with my wife um quite a while back now actually a, a, a really long time ago and uh, i was reading batman year one because i hadn't read it and um i was enjoying it she was like batman it's like yeah she's like you think they'd run out of Batman stories, wouldn't you? How long has he been going for? I was like, oh, God. I was like, years, like decades. She was like, yeah, you just think they'd get to a point and be like, yeah, we're done with Batman. Like, he's, you know, let's do someone new. Who who else? Who should we create now? You know, be a bit more like uh, Penguin or something like that, where they just have new books and different things and 
it's not always in the one in the one place and i said yeah. to her, i was like yeah i was like that would be interesting i i was like people would probably be pissed off <laughs> like if they ended batman like just i was like um it's not really done like an author does this and that's it you know it's not i was like it's quite an interesting concept though um I was like, I can't really imagine a world where you don't, the big two would be like, right, okay, yeah, we're done with these guys, done with these guys, right, let's just, um, someone completely different, not connected to the Marvel Universe, not connected to to those people or whatever, go. I, I, you know, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, 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 such, it's such a commodity, it's, isn't it's, it? It's because they've become less characters and more intellectual property now, haven't they? It's... Yeah, yeah definitely uh, it's a uh, no it's it is yeah i suppose after a certain point you just start repeating things slyly yeah but yeah but it's no, interesting it's, uh, i think um what what i find was it who is it that was going on about um you have like your golden bit in comics don't you where you're reading it and you're you're just it's for you at that time and i think sometimes that I guess do we forget about that kind of moment where maybe the new stuff isn't as great because we just our brains are a bit more we've changed as people we want to see our characters grow up I remember um I was listening to the gutter boys the other day and Daniel Warren Johnson was talking about one his Wonder Woman book which sounds epic absolutely epic um so I do need to get hold of that but I think he says that um there's a bit where Batman's in it and um he wanted him to uh he's drinking whiskey and one of the edits came back and said yeah he's got to drink water and, that, and daniel Warren johnson was like this guy's about to like go into like war essentially and he's at a bar and he asked for water and i was just like that's pc got mad isn't it like <laughs> who the hell would have a glass of water before they, i mean it just was like blew my mind i was like this is so politically correct that they like well we can't have him drinking in a comic that's just not right and it's like it's batman well to be fair there's not the uh worst thing they've said batman can't do go <laughs> on hit me, hit me with something worse did you not hear the uh batman won't go down on catwoman because heroes don't do that thing <sighs> well that's a lie isn't it that's just oh like... my that's this I mean, I admit, it's not something I particularly thought about. And there was always something slightly iffy about the Neil Adams ones where he was like, cowl on, shirt off. Yeah. Kind of with Talia al Ghul. You're kind of like, it's a little bit icky. But yeah. But at that, the same bad. time, in the back of my mind, I like the idea that he would. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's a hot-blooded heterosexual male. Like, <laughs> you know, I just... That like that okay yeah no that that definitely trumps the whiskey, isn't <laughs> it's it? Just, it's just such a bizarre non thing. Yeah, it. But I don't think anyone really. It's one of those things that no one even really pays much attention to it until someone kind of pulls it out, and makes well, it. No, the worst thing with that was that they were like, we need to sell toys. It's like yeah, but nobody's going to release a Batman going down on Catwoman. <laughs> I mean, it sell pretty well. I mean, McFarlane like, might, but <laughs> yeah, I mean. Was it Tony the other day on Awesome said that um, 
was it uh there was a, a bus of a cat woman that you could unzip the front yeah <laughs> <laughs> <I> was... <laughs> it always reminds me it was one of the star wars thing i can't remember it was it was something that was on channel four years ago where it was somebody going around like meeting up with the people involved with star wars it might have been was it justin lee collins that guy who got like into all kinds of shit for yes much i better not say in case you know liable and all that yeah yeah um, i think he was at um carrie fisher's house and she was like i've got some star wars stuff and one of them was a princess leia that was topless she was like i had to buy it (laughs) she was a legend wasn't she she was like she was one of those women that was just so cool like the amount of stories i heard about her just amazing like it's I think I would. I think if there's a naked statue made of me from a film, I probably would buy it. I think you'd have to, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it depends. If it was generous, I'd buy it. If it wasn't, I'd probably no. I probably would buy it and then just yeah. get rid of the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> go on, a, go on a crusade to be to prove my <laughs> prove my manhood. Oh dear, oh, God. We've gone there already. We've gone there already. I'm so sorry. (laughs) So sorry, listeners. So sorry. But yeah, yeah. swing that back to comics. (laughs) Jesus Christ. But it's it's been a a a weird comics journey for me. I think um, I uh, kind of struggled. Like, so I, I remember reading. I got Scott Pilgrim. I remember getting that and being, I, I really liked it. And every time yeah, I mention it, people groan and I'm like, okay, fine. Well, it's just my thing. So fuck off. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that. it. I know Sorry? that it became, I know that it became like, you know, a popular hipster kind of zeitgeisty sort of thing because of the film. Yeah. Yeah. But the comic was amazing. I really enjoyed the comic. I've, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've not got... laughed at a comic as much as I had that one for a long time to the point no. where I was jumping. I think I'd finished the first one and went straight out and bought the second one yeah because i was quite yeah. late to the party to it because i'd never heard of it until the film was coming out exactly same so as I, me i was mate. that guy <laughs> yeah yeah same as me I, I i had watchmen and i had sin city uh, as comics and i like kind of trades and i read yeah. those and was like Phew. really good but comics are they're a lot of work i remember being like i i enjoyed it but i remember being like this uh, i have to really sit and read this so i kind of didn't really go towards comics because i was kind of not scared of them but just was a bit like no watchman was a heavy yeah that was like my first yeah that was my first one and i was like there's a lot of this is a lot going on in here and i had to keep flicking back and remembering what was going on and anyway i enjoyed it so that that was good i remember the graphically i was blown away by it same as sin city really um and then the scott pilgrim film came out this is a comic. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Went to Forbidden Planet, picked up one book, read it. It was like, this is awesome. Like, it's easy to read. Yeah. It's got it's it's paced fast. At the time, uh, you you're roughly the same age as me. So at the time, um, I got all the jokes, the in jokes and stuff, and I was kind of at that age range of maybe a bit older than Scott Pilgrim was. But you know, I'd kind of like in that young don't really know what's kind of going on learning that bread makes you fat kind of <laughs> situation and there's just bits that made me laugh really and i remember um <clears throat> kind of 
looking at Brian Lee O'Malley's stuff and being like, I think I could probably draw a comic. Like, I I think I could I could potentially do this. Yeah. Not saying that his stuff's bad. It was just no, more it's, the way I, he laid I, panels out were just a little bit more. They just look freer, you know. Yeah. Um. And, no, I know what you mean. I had the same with um, Too Much Coffee, man. That was the first time that I was sort of yeah. like, because reading the DC stuff growing up, I was kind of, that yeah. just seems impossible. Yeah. The amount of work yeah. you must have to put into that one panel. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. It, it just seemed like such a, and, you know, I tried making comics as a kid, as all kids sort of do in some form or another, or, you know, certain, not all, but a lot, maybe a few. So yeah. a couple. Yeah. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I but think yeah, that's so, it. You know, and I, I'd have like you know a character that looks suspiciously like Batman, but wasn't Batman. Of course not. No, he's Ratman. <laughs> he was Rhino Man, even though he should have only had one ear. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even an ear. It should be a horn. What the fuck was I doing? <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah, so I saw that, and then I'd went to been to Nottingham Comic Con um, with my book Run Run Awry um and then picked up some small press stuff and was like oh hang on people are actually making comics as we all do you know you kind of see other people making it and you think oh, hang on i don't need to do like a scott pilgrim start size thing i don't have to do a 300 page prose book i can just do something smaller and then i started um i came to troops which is my first one the second one i went to uh, which is yours which is awesome um picked up a few more books and i think i did sub diablo for that one which is my first kind of foray and on that i did really loose pages where it was kind of like comic not comic it, it you know like it weren't probably clearly paneled yeah and i think it took it's taken me probably about six years to really get my head around how to make comics um <clears throat> i think i'm getting there now with it um i'm enjoying it a lot more and understanding it and i think probably it's strange isn't it um i think you definitely need to read comics to make comics yeah it, it's it's one of those things where the more i read and look at and study other people's work and like work of other people on books and see stuff the more i'm I'm thinking about layouts and angles and camera movements and, you know, putting in little bits of information and kind of helping the reader and thinking of beats and stuff. But the problem is when you like, I think there's comics I've read by small press people before. <clears throat> Sorry. And indeed, even when I've read comics by a kind of big two or people like image and oni and stuff like that and i've read them and i'm like the person that's written this has got no idea what they're doing like this is not good um the drawings are amazing the writing's not bad it's just they're not they don't work together there's like a different like i'm not clicked in whereas there are some comics you read that are amazing and you just literally your eyes are glancing at the words and seeing the picture and it's almost like you're just flowing through through the pages yeah um so i think uh after kind of like like i said reading scott pilgrim and all those sort of other kind of books so i've yeah spent probably seven years just kind of or no it's longer it must be nine years now god knows eight years 
and um, just learning and enjoying it really. And it's amazing, like how I feel quite lucky because, um, you know, like uh, so there's a guy in my office. I'm going to go back to a movie reference. So only today, um, my boss was like, "Oh, George, this is from um, Reservoir Dogs. You need to watch that." And he's like, "Oh yeah, we'll do." And I'm like, "You haven't watched Reservoir Dogs?" <laughs> and Mark was like, "Ah, oh, he hasn't watched Train Spotting, Rocky, Terminator, Predator, and just listed off. I mean, like, basically from 90. It's like the kid hasn't watched anything from 19." Anything before 1995, he has not watched it. And I was like, why have you not watched any of this? And he's just like, well, it's like I wasn't even born. I was like, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> I was like, I am jealous that you could sit there and and watch all this stuff again. And I kind of feel like that sometimes when I speak to you know, people like you and Tony and a few other people that, that recommend stuff. It's almost that jealousy of being like, I'm quite new to this. I haven't read it all. And you're like, oh, my God, you're so lucky. You get to, like, pick out the good bits and skip decades of shit. <laughs> you know, it's like you can you can dive into image but miss all the shit image bits. Or you can kind of enjoy the kind of gold near and then fast forward a little bit and then drop in there. And, you know, it's it's a uh, there's just so much stuff, isn't it? And it's not stopping. Like, I get a bit panicky now that there's so many books coming out that I'm reading <clears throat> like I must have at least a hundred books that are my to read pile yeah and, and I've still got books that I'm buying and coming in and old books I'm discovering and I'm like I get a little bit of FOMO that I, you know like I'm that's like oh, fuck what else is out there that I don't know about that's before amazing. I got like 15 years worth of Green Lantern floppies that I've just not got around <laughs> to yet like I'm hoping for like some kind of serious injury just so I can get it <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to be, I just imagine my life at retirement, like when you got people like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, well, there's a garage full of what I've got to do. <laughs> my problem is that I'll buy like a graphic novel or something and I will start to read it. But it's only sort of this year that I've actually been forcing myself to actually finish them. And it's not because yeah. they're not good. It's just because I'm like, pick up the next one. Yeah. And so yeah. I've got loads that I've started and never finished. And, you know, there's it's mostly like, stuff going back yeah. to the stuff I loved as a kid now. There's bit, there's actual stuff in my pile that I didn't even know I, that I forgot that I had. That I was like, oh, I was dying to read this. And then, I, you know, that I've got like five or six of like, you know, the floppies to read. You know, I think I did that with like Middle West. Um, I had like 10 of those to read, just like that I'd been on my pool list to like to finish the, the whole run and just like charge through them and was like, oh, that was delicious. You know, I was just, just, yeah, it's good. I, I fucking love comics. Like, it's weird when you discover something later in life. Yeah. But I kind of feel like if I discovered them maybe younger, maybe I would have kind of fallen out of love with them a bit because people seem to do that. Like, I've got friends that are massive in, into comics in the 70s and 80s as kids, and they've got, like, loads of, you know, knocking around or whatever. And then they come to Comic Cons with me, or I lend them stuff and they enjoy it. And I'm like, "Oh, are you going to pick any up?" And they're like, "Well, I just don't really have the time, and I'm kind of into this and that." So, but um, yeah, I'll keep borrowing a few, a few if that's all right. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. I feel like because I found it when I was in, you know, like mid twenties, properly. Yeah. It's like 
you're into that kind of time zone. Where you're like, yep, yeah, I can totally get into something where I can collect loads of cool shit, and I've got money now to do that. So this is yeah. I mean, that's the thing with me. It's a lot of nostalgia purchasing now. So yeah, I was like versions of toys games. I had as kids or oh god, yeah, collected trade of... paperbacks of comics I've got three times already. Or yeah, yeah. So. It's that weird thing, I think, for a certain generation that you hit a certain age and people told you that it was time to put that shit away. Oh. So you've got to go do grown-up stuff now. It's like, but this is grown-up stuff. It's like, is it, though? Yeah, I'm I'm really excited for my son because he's got a big kid as a dad. And um, I'm I'm kind of jealous of him. I, was, I, I look at him sometimes... And it like so he like makes a beeline for my bookcase all the time, and I've got a load on the bottom shelf that he can kind of thumb through and rip up. Well, not rip, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like kind of be toddler handy with, and he just loves like he doesn't know what he's looking at. He just enjoys looking at them. Um, and I've got like crates and crates of stuff in the garage, but not just comics. I've got old games consoles. I've got um, like loads of old music and records and uh figures and i've got loads of transformers and masks <laughs> loads of crazy stuff like that and i just look at it and think my dad was a miserable git well he still is a miserable <laughs> git and i was like oh, i can't even imagine what it would have been like to watch cartoons my dad and him actually want to watch them or yeah. do you know what i mean or like go to a comic shop or go i just do something like that where he's enthused or actually wants to hear my kind of opinions on it so i'm like looking at him going oh dude i mean probably no my luck he'll be anti everything that i like anyway so well yeah i mean i unfortunately hit the point where i lost my kids to youtube and damn it fortnite and minecraft and all that stuff who are they I, watching on youtube because a lot of the kids seem to watch other kids doing other stuff on yeah, I honestly don't know. It seems to be people screeching as they're playing games. They watched Dan TDM yeah. for a while, which I, I was aware of that. But yeah, now it just from the kitchen while they're eating their breakfast, I just hear what sounds like screeching Americans. Yeah. Screaming their way through games. Like, just mad, turn that shite down. I'm like, oh yeah. my god, I'm my dad. Uh. Well, the, the guy, the guy next door, his kid, like, just watches people playing PlayStation games, and I was like, ah. Oh. Is that can you not get him the game? Is you know obviously I don't know what the financial situation is. I'm like, can you not get him the game? So, oh no, no, he's got the fucking game. I bought him that. He just prefers watching other people play it because they play it better. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> I said, my youngest for the longest time like watching like kids unboxing surprise things <laughs> or toys on YouTube. And to be fair to him, he did then want the toy and would actually play with the toy. Okay. And, but the problem with that is that he'd then watch the next video and he'd want the next toy. And he'd be like, oh, for fuck's sake, can't you just enjoy that one for a little bit longer? Oh, God, this is, it's yeah. like, I love you and I hate saying no to you because you give me that look. But at the same time... Yeah, yeah this is ridiculous. I oh. know all this shit's going down the charity shop in about a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. We just had my uh, son's birthday and, uh, yeah, parents, grandparents, everyone. We didn't go nuts. We were like, I was like, let's just hold off a bit on this, Kerry. So I was like, let's just, let's not go bananas let's get him some cool bits but i've got a feeling we're going to get like people going to turn up with truckloads of stuff because there's yeah. a pandemic as well everyone missed the, his last birthday um and sure as hell like i came into the front room and it was just full of boxes toy boxes and i was like oh where's this gonna go 
I got a lot full of Happy Land and Postman Pat toys because my kid was really into them for a bit. <laughs> it's weird. For I find bit. I'm more nostalgic <laughs> about getting rid of stuff. It's like, oh no, I remember when he used to sit and play with that, and he was adorable. It's he like, yeah, he's probably going, is this going to be worth a bit of wedge? <laughs> like. Well, I also don't want to get rid of everything because I don't want him to get to the point where I was, where I'm now like, you know, I wish I still yeah. had, all, had all my He-Man toys and all my original Star Wars figures. Man, I tell you what, I showed my mum, I sent my mum on eBay, um, I think it was it about two years ago, and I was showing her all the toys that I had that she, like, threw out. And uh, she was like, oh, my God, if we kept that, we'd be we'd be sitting on a gold mine right now. And I was like, yeah, I told you. Yeah, because everybody threw them out. Yeah. <laughs> why nothing's worth anything anymore yeah i know <laughs> and then they've got loads of like 40 year old men buying up he-man because it's like oh mum threw that out <laughs> see i can't be doing with the paying hundreds of pounds for a second-hand no. thing of a figure i used to have because no, they seem to be just re-releasing slightly updated versions of the originals and it's just like, yeah. like that instead yeah i've got a few like um i bought a few off ebay uh, but I got the ones that were kind of slightly damaged because it was more for nostalgia than it was. I want to have a mint condition Skeletor. Yeah. You know, he had the classic bent legs, you know, where the elastic goes. And then like, <laughs> you try and fix it, but you can't. <laughs> I feel like when just I make it worse, <laughs> I feel like that could be like a good business model on eBay. Like just sell the services of correcting He-Man legs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it with some Dick Tracy toys a little while ago, but yeah. But yeah, they're, again, they're just sitting in the loft now because I need one yeah. of my kids to move out so that I can set up a room for it all again. It's weird though, isn't it? Because I remember like um, reading uh, like my cousin having Batman comics and then I had the Batman animated series um, figures because I was watching Batman the animated series and him telling me that it's not Batman and then showing me the comics me like, that's Batman. Your Batman's crap. I was like, how dare he? I know. Dairy. I was like, it's, it's, everyone has their own Batman, so you know. See, get I love Batman, but Bat- I love comics Batman, but Batman the animated series Batman is probably my go-to Batman. He's badass, isn't it? It's beautifully drawn. It's, it's just, just such an amazing series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a hard time for me actually, the animated series, because I was uh, a teenager enjoying it, and it was my little brother was watching it, and I had to tell everyone, you know, my. Um, stepdad was like go outside stop being you know whatever stop watching cartoons like a girl go outside sort of thing and i was like no no it's cool i'm watching it with matt you know like he wants company sort of thing and i remember it being like a secret and going to school and then talking to other mates of mine and all of us being like you watching batman the animated series it's like yeah it's like oh it's so good isn't it it's like yeah it's like this guilty pleasure because it was on saturday morning cartoons see saturdays for me used to be get up early and they used to have like incredible hulk and yeah possibly amazing spider-man and friends yeah then you flip between itv and bbc one for spider-man x-men animaniacs and batman oh, animated series Animaniacs. Yeah. then i'd go into town to buy some comics read the comics in the afternoon and pretend to do homework do some drawing from the comics, just copying images and that. Read that uh-huh. week's issue of Looking, because, you know, it's how I yeah. rolled. And then Lois and Clark in the evenings, and probably Baywatch as well, let's face it. Oh, Baywatch it was the is 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ever had to work? I mean, Dad didn't mind watching Baywatch with me. Well, I mean, I don't who know doesn't why. love Hasselhoff? <laughs> 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 He's like, that's that dude from Night Rider. He's cool. He's cool. 
Who's these chicks? <laughs> I started watching old episodes of Baywatch because they started showing them on one of the Sky channels. And my wife was like, why the fuck are you watching this? I was like, nostalgia. It's pure nostalgia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So it just takes me back to a happier time. Yeah, yeah. When all I had to worry about was school on Monday. Yeah. God. But, oh, times have changed. But so you didn't sort of grow up on any comics then? It was just no, no, not like... really. I mean, you know, the classic beanies and all that jazz. Kind of, I read them. Um, it just wasn't really available, <clears throat> really. And I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was different where I grew up. It was quite rough, um, and you either, you know, you either played football or you, you know, you did sport, um, and that was that. Or you did something else, and you were kind of, you know, out of the circle. And you know, it was kind of a hard existence, I guess. Um, pretty much how my dad viewed me. So you either play yeah. football or I don't know you. Yeah, pretty. Yeah, it was that kind of weird, weird thing, really. So I think I just kind of wanted it. I was good at sports, so I was just like, oh, I'll just take the easy existence. And I remember going to uni and kind of having this feeling of relief of like, finally, I'm away from that place. I can kind of see what, you know, I can start skateboarding, I can start doing all these things that I won't be judged upon, kind of thing. Um, and it was amazing. I remember like the first year of uni and like discovering like Forbidden Planet and things like that. And I, I wasn't buying um, comics really at that point, but I was kind of going in and, you know, seeing the kind of figures and anime and I got really into animation and just was kind of just quite excited by it all really. You know, yeah. it's just, you, you, I, and I guess that's the difference, isn't it? Like that's what I love about Comic-Cons and stuff is that, Although, you know, and like Comic Marts, everyone's a bit weird and kooky, but it like you can just be weird and kooky and you can kind of read what you want to read and you get to talk to people that have got a similar interest that's, that are like you, you know, yeah. because it's still it's still weird. Comics is still a thing where I don't tell people that I make comics. No, like, I'm the same. It's really weird. It's like, I, you know, they know that I kind of read them but they don't know that I make them. Um, my people I work with kind of see me drawing them and think, oh, that's Daz, he's really creative and he needs to do that. That's his thing. But they don't ever ask or see or, not they don't care. I think they just, they've, they've got a picture of what it is in their mind and they don't want to be associated or part of it kind of thing. Um, Probably it's really you bizarre. might try and explain it to me so i won't ask <laughs> so yeah exactly exactly that um but it's interesting so i was um talking to tony and adam a while back and asked him a question that was uh um do you think that uh you can get away with more in a film than what you can in a comic page um and we didn't really come to a conclusion but my personal conclusion is that you can um because uh there's some of the things i read i had so i had a few books uh, arrive at work uh i was flicking through them and then uh, one of the guys was like oh what's this and i kind of showed him and he was just like oh dude that's like that's not right you shouldn't be reading that that's like why is he doing that to that person and oh god is that is it a time of Hercules? 
No, it wasn't actually. It was um, it was, uh, it was Red Room from Ed uh, Yeah, I've not read it. I've heard a lot. But. It's free. It's awesome. I love it. I think it's brilliant. But I think um, I kind of looked at it. I kind of looked at him. I was like, "Have you seen Saw? And have you watched?" And he's like, "Yeah." Uh, I was like, "It's not that different." I, I think was like, the thing with comics is nobody's really looking at them, are they? You know, not outside yeah. of the comics community. Nobody. It's not like a film where it will make headline news. Mm. Mm. I was and, like. Know, you'll have people on the bbc up in arms about it yeah i was a bit like i was thinking if you did like human centipede as a book as a comic book like people would be like that's 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 terrible that's awful but it gets made as a movie and people are still like that's pretty bad but they're not it becomes like kind of a cult classic isn't it and i just find it i find it amazing that people feel that way about it like it still feels i think that's what i love about the kind of underground scene that we're all in is so like still a bit punk isn't it people it are still like seeing stuff like like um my uh pussy man fists and lips stand <laughs> up at the studio my boss opened the box by accident and flipped through and was like what the fuck are you doing this is ridiculous <laughs> this is so you shouldn't be doing it. this is you're a talented person what are you doing this for <laughs> i was like it's fun it's like oh it's just I don't know if it's suitable for work there. I was like, oh, come on, don't be a pussy. Like, and he's like, he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, well, you know, I'm not going to like, you know, ban it from work because that's ridiculous, you know. Uh, uh, it's fine. And I was like, I thought, I was like, yeah, man, that's fucking punk. That's metal. I love it. Like, there's, I feel maybe it's because I'm getting older and I'm a dad. Like, I feel like part of my edginess is gone and it's kind of coming back a bit. And, and I find it bizarre that comic books are doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's I mean, it does seem like it's my mind. It, it's always been slightly sort of underground grungy, but it does feel like it's moving back to being a bit more underground punky, certainly with like what Tony's doing with Tribute Press and what you guys did with George Mayhem and that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with Lips and Pussy Manfists, yeah. which is still my comic title of the year. Well, Pussy oh, Manfists. <laughs> It's like you can't say it without the person smiling back at you. I know, I know, I know. PMF. <laughs> that's how. That's how. That's how. Actually, when Yancey just so they have to say it out. <laughs> <laughs> but and I love this whole mini comics movement that's going on as well. That's yeah. what I always liked about like John Tucker's work. Yes. They're nice one and done mini comics. Yeah, yeah. Tucker's a legend at those sort of things. Like, <laughs> definitely. Um, especially because he's had bald, isn't he? That's being made yeah. into a film or something, and that was yeah. genius. But I thought King was like that. I remember reading King because he launched that at True Believers the, the two years ago, group, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and I remember picking it up there, reading it, and being like, oh, it's so good. Where did he get this idea? Like, I just couldn't logically put together, like, how have you done this? It's just too good um he does that a lot doesn't he john he he somehow manages to flip his books i've got i think like most people everyone's got them because his price points are brilliant and they're just you know what you're going to get or not as the case may be which is what's great about them um but i got um i picked up um jim afford's 40 ounce comics right so they basically got published by image so it was when he did it was Girl Scouts, uh, Zombie Kid, and oh, I can't remember the other one. There's a couple of others as well in there. 
Um, and he did these mini comics that he'd go to the comic shop and then hand around to his mates and everyone would be sharing their mini comics, just passing them around, really. And, you know, I was just like, oh, my God, wouldn't that be amazing to go to conventions and meet up with people and just like trade books of other people and, you know, have like a little trade area where we could just kind of or go to a pub and, you know, everyone meets up with a little stack of comics and you trade your books of other people's books so it's kind of not monetary based but it's kind of this you have the only way you can get it is by trading it or whatever and I just was thinking I just thought you know I don't think it's missing necessarily from is everyone does it in their own way don't they like you did that great um, mini comic uh, called Roadkill that you sent me which is brilliant um, but I just loved it because I sent you Pussy Man Fists and then you sent me that back and I was like, this is magic. Like, yeah, I mean, that was the same a... thing. I was like, well, I've got to send him this back now because I'd love yeah. this whole little idea of this just like, just almost like passing stuff. notes in class, isn't it? Kind yeah. Of <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I, I remember like thinking, just like remini- uh, not even reminiscing, but just having that thought of people like Jim Mafood going to like these shops or wherever with other like probably you know decent or you know like kind of budding artists and just have it getting your hands on some of these kind of early things these ideas because i think that's what's great about mini comic is the ones i make they're just an idea you know there's a kind of a one and done-esque kind of story that you could revisit i guess but they're meant to be just kind of like real fun ideas that aren't too time crushing that give people um a laugh that you can kind of send out and you're not being you're not kind of overly precious around it whereas you make a book like george or you know baron and the cat that's a 60 odd plus page book um a lot of time and effort goes into those books which is a real lovely accomplishment accomplishment at the end but at the same time it's quite nice sometimes just to fire out these ideas and just have kind of fun doing that as well yeah i mean they're great as well for when you're sort of blocked or bored with the big project you're working on kind of thing it's yeah. quite nice to have that as a separate outlet of be like i'm just going to knock out a five-page comic or whatever yeah which you know that sounds like <laughs> it's not as simple as just knocking it out but it kind of is it is because you're not precious that, about it so much. no no and i think um it gives me place to explore like if you look at um uh, kind of George Mayhem, and then if you look at kind of Lips and Pussy Manfist now, which came after it, you can see that I'm starting to play with perspective because I'm not scared. Yeah. I'm not like thinking, oh God, um, you know, I don't want to lose a, lose my style halfway through a book trying to go too big on scenes or like I'm specifically working out, can I draw cityscapes? How do I draw buildings? How do I do fire and smoke and can I draw action? Can I draw violence? How would I do my lettering? Um, you know, I'm figuring it all out in these little things. And, you know, I think there is a part of me that that believes maybe one day I might get an image book or something like that. I might be in my 50s by that point. I don't know. But and there's a part of me, it's like, wouldn't it be awesome just to have this like archive of all these crazy ideas and you know have this amazing you know people like hunting around everywhere for like kind of oh yeah Forp did a you know a 50 run of this and a, a two run of that and 
you know all the rest of it i think there's like some amazing there's something amazing there for me where it's like creating this weird little history it's like when you get those weird posthumous collections of like you know for example not saying they necessarily did but like steve ditko is like the weird shit steve ditko did that was just dotted around we've collected it all into this yeah. lovely little hardback book kind of oh, thing oh god can you imagine i think it's like my friend totty's always like oh dude you should just do a night book of like all the things that you haven't posted or you know that i get to see and i was like mate that's we're talking that'd take me like a year just to edit that bloody thing and <laughs> Like, what's the point right now? It's just, there's no point. But maybe one day someone will, I'll get some like junior in and I can get them to like go through the hard drive and be like, yeah, right, pick out the good stuff and stick in a book and let's make some money. Or, or, or that none of that will happen. And uh, <laughs> I'll just carry on underground, <laughs> underappreciated. <laughs> that's where the beauty of things like Patreon maybe come into play. Yeah once you've built your audience you can start releasing that stuff through it because is um george mayhem the first patreon you've done obviously you did it through tribute press yeah yeah but how was that experience did you have it all sort of in the can ready to go or so george mayhem george Mayhem. so uh that's an interesting story in its own right because um so before christmas literally the week before christmas uh, I was doing some character sketches of this character uh, called, I was like nicknamed uh, George Mayhem. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be this kind of like vigilante, kind of maybe he's a cannibal, maybe he's not. I don't know. I like the idea that he's fighting bad guys and spirits. And I started to try and pen it. And I was like, oh, I can't do this. I, it needs to be edgy. It needs like, it, 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 I can't, I just, I, I'm too... I was too comfortable at drawing kind of like uh, all ages stuff. So I was like, who the fuck could I get to help me do this or or even better, just kind of take it on and just do it. And um, I just thought Tony is the only person I know that would (laughs) A, push me and A, not really give a monkeys what he's putting in the book, you know, like in terms of language. And so I approached him and said, look, here's the character. Here's my idea. What do you think? Do you fancy doing something? And much to my surprise, he's like, yeah, I'm well up for it. Um, like, let me kind of leave it with me. Let me have a kind of think around it. And then probably like the 23rd of December kind of came back with the first uh, 25 pages and was like, what do you think? And I read it. And he's obviously given life to this kind of character that I'd doodled um, and was like, this is amazing. Let's Let's do it. So from the... Well, I would say the 1st of January to, I think it took me two months to draw the whole thing, colour, letter, job done. So I had it finished in the beginning of March, I think it was. Um, <clears throat> and then it was sat there and um, Adam was doing uh, Atomic Hercules. So the guys were like, we want to put it out, but we want to, we need to do this first and we can do that one after. Is that okay? Because me and Adam were basically working tandem yeah and tony was in the middle like a like a pimp getting sent <laughs> artwork every day and he was loving it um and then i rang tony and was like dude like can we not do something with this it's just sat here should we do a patron or like and and adam literally apparently said to tony the week before we should probably think of doing a patron because we've got so much stuff 
that we're sitting on. It'd be good to get things moving. And we had this kind of uh, Skype call and we all decided that, okay, well, let's um, let, we'll put George on the patron and then we'll let um, Atomic Hercules do the Kickstarter. And I was like, amazing, let's do it kind of thing. And got literally got thrown in on the deep end. You know, it was just like upload it and do the videos and all the rest of it. And it is, it was a lot of work. Um, I won't lie, <laughs> it was a lot of work. Um, but really good fun um, in that you're hearing back from people immediately on stuff. And uh, it was a really nice, it's a really nice little um, group of people on there, I think, that are kind of backing it and talking about it. But it's in no means easy because I think you suddenly got the pressure of delivering the pages. And even though all the pages were done, um, you know, I had to kind of schedule 61 pages missing weekends and then also do videos to go up alongside it. Um, so it took me like a month, I think it took to get it all set up properly and, uh, and kind of working. Yeah. Um, but it was an amazing, it was amazing. And I think doing George was interesting because it was, there's so many things in there that I was like, I don't know how I'm going to draw this. I don't know how I'm going to draw this. And it just kind of happened on the page and I was like, oh, thank God. Um, and the funnily enough that today I got the printed proofs through from for George and they look incredible. So awesome. I know Tony's giving a copy to all the first adopters of the patron, isn't he? Yeah. So which I think is really kind of him. Um, but equally, uh, I'm going to tweak the colours a little bit. There's a few areas where I've gone where I think the grey isn't reproduced quite well, but it looks amazing seeing it like, you know, some of the pages are meant to be double page spreads, obviously. So to finally see them together, you know, it's just very exciting. Um, and I think it transformed the way that I worked, you know, um, it it made me learn about pacing. And I think to not be scared to use kind of swearing and violence and sex and, you know, it, it's a hard, I think people that draw comics is, is a, there's two sides of it. Either sometimes people haven't got a filter, so they just, this is badness, isn't it? You see them on Twitter and stuff, just spouting crazy stuff and you're like, oh my God. And then you have the other side of the flip of the coin, which is the classic nerd that is kind of timid. Yeah. And I fall on that side where I'm like, oh, I don't really want to be offending anyone. And I just, you know, want to, you know, just make things and be left alone to, to some to some extent and i remember I had this experience where i was in a museum uh at uni drawing um a statue this kind of naked statue and i was just drawing this the statue's um boobs and this woman walked past and she went oh pervert like that <laughs> and it i i shit you not like i just couldn't draw like in like naked women from like then on I, I really struggled I was like I felt like oh god well you know just really embarrassed about it I guess like really yeah. kind of really conscious and uh, and it really bothered me for a very long time and then doing George there's like um I think there's like one scene in it yeah there's just one scene <clears throat> where um I won't 
spoil it in case people haven't read it. There's one little scene and I kind of drew it and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. That doesn't, that didn't bother me. And it's kind of gone out there and people have received the page well, and that's pretty cool. And then like in uh, Lips as well, like she's got quite a, um, you know, like she's got nice boobs in it and nice kind of figure. And I remember drawing it and being a bit subconscious, you know, a bit uh, conscious about it. No, I know and, exactly what you mean because I you know, feel the same sort of way when I'm doing it. Yeah, like you're, you're, you're drawing boobs and stuff and you're like, I have to draw these because it's a woman. Like, I, I can't not draw them. Like, I have to, but... It's a weird feeling like you're objectifying a character that you're Thank drawing. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's really bizarre. I, I just... So the, the next book I'm working on, which is called Bugman, I mean, that's got sex in it. And that's been really interesting to draw i think it's got i think it's like three pages of sex and i was just like i've got to do this i like i have to do it to kind of it's done and then i don't have to do it again if i don't want to i know that i can or i can't do it or i feel it's too far for me to go and i was saying to tony how proud i am of my kind of mini comics and george not just from visually but i was like the subject matter of it yeah is not things i'm comfortable doing and it's kind of made me kind of go once you've done it it's not that bad like it's it's more like okay it's fine like and i go back to talking about films again you know like sex and stuff is all over films all the time isn't it like there's boobs everywhere and asses and dicks and everything and you don't you just accept it don't you it's like it's no big deal it's part of everyday life yeah but when it's in a book it, for some reason it becomes this like thing doesn't it, it becomes this, like I, I had a weird thing when i went to i did a life drawing class with andy i yeah. went along with him to one of his and i've, I've said before but i said to him that i just felt weirdly like like she'd catch my eye and i'd be like shit i'm looking at a naked woman she see me shit oh. i'm some kind of monster i know i'm drawing her like, i know oh. I know this is exactly the reason you're supposed to be here doing this. Yeah. But at the same time, you still feel like you're in a peep show. Yeah. And you shouldn't be peeping. <laughs> yeah, I think well, it's not when I used to do my early stuff, and people would like say to me, "Oh, you don't draw any women in it. You, you never draw girls or anything like that." And I was like, oh, "How do I? Turn, what do I turn around and go? Yeah, because I don't want to be a fucking pervert." <laughs> you know, like I just I just used to freeze up and be like, "I don't know, like why I don't." and yeah it's it's really weird isn't it it's and it's so natural like now i've drawn it and stuff i'm like what's the big deal about it i mean i'm gonna be very careful how i send it out to i think because it it has got because it's got sex you'll definitely get a copy Stu. don't worry yeah yeah i trust i think you'll be you don't have a list for anything with sex in it yeah i just think it's weird but isn't it weird i think um there is that weird stigma like you could be as violent as you want but draw like a woman having sex with a man or whatever or two men having sex or whatever it suddenly becomes like well that's risky weird study years ago wasn't it with going back to film that people were more than happy to let their kids watch violence but if anything sex they'd be like nope yeah how fucked up are we as people that were like yeah you can't watch people doing loving things but you can watch him blow her fucking face off yeah exactly yeah yeah definitely it's it's strange isn't it it's is very strange and i don't think 
it will change massively. I think because things are getting more and more PC now. Yeah. Um, so whether it will just become even more politically correct with who's having sex with who, or I don't know, like, is it, I don't know, the types of things that are going on, I, I really don't know. But it's it's really, it's such a bizarre thing to me, like looking back and I kind of feel, I just hate that woman with passion. Like the one, like I just, I'm like, you bitch, like yeah. you robbed me of like freedom of expression to be able to, you know, to draw and feel, you know, because life drawing is tough. I've been to, I've done loads of classes at uni and stuff, and it was always like some people can just do it, can't they? And I've, yeah. I was always like, oh, I just feel kind of awkward. Like, yeah, I did. I just felt really self conscious. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to keep saying sorry to people. I'm, I'm sorry. I've just, I've got to draw this because you're there and I'm paid for it. I'm paid to see you. Great. I'm paid to see you naked. Now for I'm going to hell. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I'm out. I'm out. So, yeah. But did you like draw much as a kid or did that yeah. come later with? No, no. I drew like fuck tons. Yeah. So um, I. I had a I don't want to, I won't go into it because it's just boring and no one really wants to hear about it but like growing up wasn't easy um at home and it was my kind of escapism and I think I my I'm very I'm a kind of hyper creative person is is how I always label myself in that uh I can take a blank piece of paper and just start like just I'm not I don't get scared by things and my brain just wanders um it's why I'm good at my job and like I'm okay at kind of making up weird stories and things like that. But um, I literally, would, I literally drew like 24 seven from since I can remember, like yeah. I remember my grandparents uh, cutting up um, cereal boxes and then like keeping them all back, all these sides of bits of card and stuff just so I could draw on them all. And my mum's got like pads and pads of stuff that I drew, which I never knew that she kept, but she kept loads of stuff. I used to copy like you know, uh, Goof Troop and Rugrats and you know all those sort of classic things and make my own characters up and used to draw like big kind of worlds and uh, used to love drawing maps and things like that and making up adventures and just I was just obsessed yeah. like and I never stopped like and I think um, probably similar to you and a lot of other people that enjoy like our kind of medium i never let go of that kind of my that kind of like um adolescent side of me like i never let drawing or cartoons or games or anything i never kind of let go of it yeah i just kind of always enjoyed it, it, it yes maybe in secret and it wasn't kind of you know shouting it from the rooftops but i never like stopped and went oh, i've got to grow up now <laughs> you know because a lot of my friends have done that like I, we, we all obviously everyone's the same and the same of friends that just whenever i speak to them they're just like oh, i just hate my life it's so boring and blah 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 and you know you're you're fine because you're silly and happy all the time and you don't get it and all the rest of it and it's like i'm silly and happy because i never let go of all the adolescent things 
enjoy. I can't think of anything more tedious than not having a creative outlet, even if it is just sitting scribbling or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did kind of lose interest in drawing a little bit so yeah. when I was at home because there was a certain point where my parents were like, if you're not going to make a career out of it, stop wasting your time and knuckle down and do this. Oh, I sort mate. of sapped the joy out of it for a long time until I left home and then sort of it's weird, got isn't back it? into drawing a little bit. There's, we have um, kids that come to the studio um, that it's really interesting because their parents are very encouraging because they want they think design is a really fruitful amazing career path which it not it's not always um but i remember um so when i went to you so i went to go to uni to do uh car design originally so i went to coventry and my parents or my dad really and my grandparents were like you can't do that because you're not good enough and because you you're not you know you're working class and you need to go and get a trade that's that's what you should that's what you have to do and I was like, no, no, I, I, I think I could. You know, my teachers at school think I could probably go and do a degree in like design or art or something, and you know, do something like with that because I've, I've, I've got, I've got a skill. You know, I'm, I'm creative. And they were just like, no, you, you've got to get a trade. And I was like, well, I'm going to go. And they're like, well, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to help you. So I got my student loan stuff, and um, my mum kind of helped me a little bit, and that was it. I was kind of off into the wild on my own at like 18 and I remember being at uni and everyone kind of being maybe I don't know their families are more supporting but being a little bit more relaxed whereas I was like oh fuck I've got to get a good job after this I've got to get a good job <laughs> and I think it was only maybe a couple of years back my dad actually went Do you know what you've actually done all right at this design thing haven't you <laughs> I was just like, busted. <laughs> but it's, I, mean, I, I don't it, think the generation get the, it in the right way, but yeah, it is. Yeah. I think, yeah. If people don't see a career value in it. No. Cause, cause the I other think... problem I had was that I loved doing art at school, but none of it was anything I was particularly interested in art wise. No. So I had no. no interest in forging a Monet or. No. But the weird thing is. All that weird shit or drawing like... an apple. There's a um, a guy I know uh, works one of the local schools, um, and we were talking. He's not the art teacher, but um, we were talking about it. And I said, "Oh, what are they learning?" And he's like, "Oh, Picasso, blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Still, really?" I was like, "Come on, like, it it's just weird." I, I find it it's, kids aren't going to be enthused by the creative field if all they think it is is copying dead dudes like it's the world's changed and the thing is now is that art isn't the same as what it was like no. not even i mean even when we were at school art was completely different from what we we're being taught like yeah. it's way more exciting stuff going on than what we we're being shown in the classroom and i just find it bizarre like how it doesn't change and move and grow it just it sounds like it stays a bit static yeah, I mean, my eldest went up to senior school this year and one of his things, I think it was just a small part of it, but they had to look at street art and make like a collage. Oh, wow. That's cool. Homes, which I was like, I know just the person to get in touch with, like Sarah Harris. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do you mind that. if I use some of your pictures? To... That's <laughs> so like, cool, Fuck though. That, but... I'll send you more. <laughs> yeah, but that's so refreshing that's to hear. I would have loved to have done shit like that because I yeah. tried doing something that was sort of comic book style we had to draw something realistic and then like draw a fictionalized version of it yeah i was like well i'm going to draw like 
in a comic book style two people boxing and then i'm going to draw superman fighting doomsday yeah and sort of i, I got like f's for that <laughs> it's like you know it, you know it was it wasn't but, a uh, but, but it's okay for like Lichtenstein to draw that's it that, kind of... that's, it's pop art that wants somebody thieves an image <laughs> yeah yeah exactly just put some dots on it but God's sake, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely yeah, ridiculous. And I thought our school was going to be really cool because they had two big canvases up in the like dining hall. But yeah. the one was two panels of a Batman comic that somebody had painted and one was two panels <sighs> of a Superman, which was the John Byrne, this looks like a job for Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying up from the Kents that somebody had repainted onto a big canvas. Like, this, you were like, this school's this going is to be amazing. So, yeah. No, we're not down with any of that shit. No, we don't know why that's up there. Take it down. <laughs> I, I kind put of that to I lure you taken... in. <laughs> but I was just so excited. I was like, wow, that's an actual comic. And from a comic, I recognise the one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, uh, that's that's so cool. But yeah, it just never came into play. And then, like, you know, I did harbour dreams of wanting to be a comic artist for a long time. Yeah. But it seemed impossible to me. And my parents were like, that's not a real job. I was like, it clearly is, because these people... People are doing it. Someone has to do it. But then, yeah. I guess... You know, you look at it now and you think, you know, if my lad said to me, I want to be a comic book artist, I'd be like, mm. have, have a backup. <laughs> have a, have a, well, I probably wouldn't be like harsh. I wouldn't be like, you know, you should probably go into like be a plumber as your backup. I'd probably be like, have a look at animation, have a look at game design, have a look at like, let's just, you know, editorial illustration, let's, you know, broaden the horizon here of just comics. Yeah, um, I mean the so, money's not in comics anymore. No, so. maybe cover. Yeah, you can do cover design or I don't know. But it's it's. I find it bizarre how there how there isn't money in comics when you see the numbers that they're talking about in manga. Yeah, I find it that. I guess it's because that that certain people have got hold of the entire industry, and it makes it impossible for more more of a diverse like. Um, platform for businesses to kind of go on maybe I don't know but it seems mad when you think of how popular manga is because you know I was saying to a few of the guys um, a few friends of mine how many uh, how many series are on Amazon and Netflix that have come from comic books and a few of them they were just like really I was like yeah that's comic book that's comic book that's comic book that's manga that's manga that's comic that's you know and I'm like, I didn't even know that. And you think, because that's the thing with comics, it's a launch pad sometimes for movies and all the rest of it. So you kind of feel like, why wouldn't there be more people behind it? Kind of being like, get loads of people making these things. And then there's this like sea of, you know, material that could then be potentially made into like more, you know, films or, or animations or whatever. But it just seems to be a bit of a weird a weird atmosphere out there at the moment isn't it yeah like i said i think the problem with certainly your big two is that they're so focused on the movie side of it that the comics are just kind of there as a functionary thing to keep the ip relevant yeah not even that relevant anymore because if they're to be believed the comics aren't selling that which they're not selling the numbers they used to do you think the people that work for them are fans or that it's just like the day job and therefore the effort and energy and excitement isn't being kind of relayed back kind of thing. I think it's a bit of both because, I mean, all right, he's gone now, but Dan DiDio was very much a comics fan. Mm. 
and that very much came i wasn't necessarily a fan of everything he did at dc but i could listen to him talk about comics for hours yeah um same with like mark miller i'm not a massive fan of what he does but no. i can listen to him talk comics like all night yeah because it's somebody who's genuinely passionate about comics and i mean that was the great thing about stan lee say what you like about him with regard to stealing credit and whatever else but the dude loved comics he loved what he did yeah and he was very incredibly passionate about getting them in front of people in other mediums as well as yeah but that's like um i'm not saying it but like robert kirkman isn't it yeah like i've heard him on a few things talk about his show and shows and books and things like that and it's just like he loves it you know and you just and you can see that in the work and the way things get promoted and you know things are things are happening over at skybound you just think yeah man like this guy is loves what he's doing you know and it's interesting so a lot of the clients a lot of clients i work with in my kind of day job we have huge organizations that we work with and we have independents that we work with um you know like every business does and it's really interesting because you i've seen tiny companies become big companies and like we sometimes we specialize in helping certain companies get back in touch with who they are and if they're launching a product to kind of well how do we rebrand how do we structure you so that you know you're talking to the right people again and, and so on and it's amazing sometimes that that people forget that the person that started it at the beginning like stan lee and jack kirby and those sort of guys were the the kind of at the in the early days were excited creating they were like on an absolute freight train and they're all this passion and energy is going into building this thing and it's growing and people are loving it and they're talking to fans and because they're so excited about what they're doing they're they're wanting to get out to people and then a company gets to a certain size and then it gets new people come in ceos you know treasury whatever all these different roles kind of happen you then get hr involved and you know it starts splitting up globally and you've got different offices in different places and people don't know who's in this office and that office and you know i've worked with companies where marketing departments i'm working with don't know who's in the other office that they've been working with so you can't help but think does it all get watered down so much that actually the people that are passionate like the the creators or the writer and the artists that are passionate about this aren't obviously they're not the ones that are kind of selling it it's the the marketing people and they're they're looking at figures and numbers and trying to make a business run and at that point the kind of fun kind of gets enthusiasm shall we say kind of gets taken out of it so yeah you sort of hit a point where you become so big you become a uh, conglomerate of a bigger company yeah (laughs) you become part of the disney company or (laughs) yeah 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 exactly i think um there's some interesting bits in Disney, isn't there, where they've kind of, like the whole Star Wars thing, where they've just kind of gone, like, launched it all again, haven't they? Which has been quite exciting. And they're bringing new bits kind of forward. Um, and the same with, like, uh, I got Disney Plus a few months back. Yeah. Um, and kind of been looking through there. And that's been quite interesting to kind of 
look through. But I think I, I, I wonder there, is it because they've got loads of little companies doing bits and bobs everywhere that it's interesting rather than having one company that's doing all of it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the Star Wars conversation is a whole thing for another time. <laughs> Let's not talk I, about Star Wars because, it, it, like you say, it is another thing. And once you're on that, why comics? It's gone, isn't it? It's then why Star Wars? <laughs> why Star Wars? Why? Why not? <laughs> I kind of think they sort of hit the ground running with Marvel because it was set up and established, and the yeah. you know the horse was already bolted, kind of thing. So yeah. They had that I just, template. I think with Star Wars, they tried to force a template onto it that doesn't necessarily work. And that's yeah. all I'll say on the Star Wars thing. I just find it. I just find it mad yeah. that um, that they have Marvel move or Marvel Studios, isn't it? Because yeah. I know it's not the same thing. That they don't. They never feel like they 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 match up together, do they? No. It's just, I don't know, Tony and loads of other people go on about it all the time. So we don't really need to run over old ground of because everyone feels exactly the same over that. But it is still flabbergasting when you think about it. You're just like, how is no one, how has no one seen that? Or is it that the relationship is so bad between the two <laughs> that they don't even talk to each other? Do you know what I, I mean? Like, it's almost like, oh, well, let's yeah we've got a movie coming out but we're not going to put it in our movie we're not going to like shout about the comic or anything like. i think it's more that they want the so like one division came out as a series and all the one mm. division comics for one of you know to clump them all together sort of disappeared i think it's because they want the series to be the definitive thing yeah so I, yeah, think, I, agree. I don't think they want people go into the comics and be like, oh, it's kind of different in that. And I kind of like what they did there. They want you to be like, no, that is the definitive thing for me. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. why they sort of quietly sweep them away or, you know, kill the character off for a bit so that they're more prominent in the film. I don't think they see them as a synergy thing. Because I, I always thought they should have done a line of Marvel Studios comics. Yes. Fill the gaps between Iron Man and Iron Man Two, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That are you know are in canon, out of the comics continuity, but in continuity with the bit like they did with Star Wars with the comics, where they wiped the slate clean and started them all again in continuity. Yeah. Admitting yeah. the trouble with that is that you eventually sort of hit snags where the filmmaker wants to do this, but it was done differently in the comics, so you then have to yeah. decide. Well, it's interesting because so we were watching um, me and my wife watching Umbrella Academy on Netflix. And um, because I've got the, um, I think it's three or four, four volume, three, three volumes of it. And um, and I was like, oh, I've seen this because I've, you know, I was watching the film, the, the program and I, the books. And I was like, yep, 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 yep. Seen that, seen that, seen that. And um, my wife actually picked up the, um, started reading them, like, because she was, she thought the program was really good, but then became really in intrigued as to how close is it. The same as Lock and Key that was on Netflix as well. Yeah. Like she started reading Lock and Key because I was like, wow, they've shot through these books really fast. <laughs> like, because they got them before the kids get too old. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, it's basically like the first season. I was like, wow, Jesus, we're like, gosh, we're like rattling through the books here at a rate of knots. But I think it wouldn't, you know, if you had the burn of what, 
the the books are that it would take you forever for anything to really happen it'd probably be yeah. very boring but um again she read the comics because there's all these bits in between that you didn't get and i think the same happened in scott pilgrim the film didn't it going back to that like the the fight that he has um with the uh the vegan guy yeah is huge in the book absolutely huge but like in the film it's literally like in the room isn't it it kind of yeah. gets pushed the wall, the, the wall vegan dudes turn up take him away end you're like what i remember <laughs> that bit's still got one of my favorite gags in that film where he floats up to the hole in the wall and then walks through the door yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i fucking love it it's just such a tiny little thing but yeah i kind of think i've i was at that point that a lot of comic book fans were like you know oh you've done that on the screen we've got it all wrong it's not yeah how it happened in the comic i'm kind of of the opinion now that it's like cool take the comic then do your own fucking thing with it as long as you get the essence of the characters yeah i think scott pilgrim's great flat because it's very much got the bam 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 feel of the comic Yeah. yeah in the film while still kind of doing its own thing yeah and i'm more and more swaying towards you know take the essence of the infinity war or whatever and then just do your thing with it yeah i agree you know i think because i've read the comic so i don't want to be sitting yeah. in the film but really Sin- kind of like, this is where Sin- C about. was amazing wasn't it like that yeah. that was literally page by page i remember like watching it in the cinema and being like fucking hell that looks exactly like the page oh that looks like the page as well oh that that looks exactly like that that looks like that's amazing how they've done that it looks great and then kind of in hindsight was like really cool if there's some stuff in there that wasn't or they'd kind of elaborate on something or maybe they changed up a little bit you know you want those kind of a bit like in Watchmen do you remember there's a few bits in the Watchmen movie where um they do a few freeze frames that's almost it's the same as the covers yeah and I remember being like oh that's a cool nod that's really cool um but like you say it felt a bit different than the book it definitely felt a bit like it's difficult isn't it it's horses for courses some people would have absolute uproar and other people probably wouldn't you know they've never read the comic the film needs to flow still doesn't it and it's a a film audience and a comic audience are two and you know Mm. film storytelling and comic storytelling are two very that's what i've always felt comics would be better suited to tv yeah because you can you know it's not everything that's got five years hasn't got to happen in two hours you can spread out the danger with the tv stuff is that they pad it too much they do it's it's my big problem with like the flash and that now it's like he's just doing stupid shit so you can drag this arc out for 22 episodes god i know it's I like really you could have caught him there, Barry, but no, your yeah. face was untied and you tripped over or something. Like, There's a few Ugh. like that, isn't there? Where you're like, oh, yeah, they need, they wanted to get like eight episodes in this this season, so they kind of like there's a weird bit in the middle, or like episode five, you could have finished at episode six, but for some reason we've got six and seven, and now it's finally happened in eight or whatever. I did really enjoy the Punisher on Netflix, the first season of that. I, I did. I've still not watched the second. But... It's good. It is good. It's it's um I feel like when it got to the end of the second season, I was like, Yeah, okay, cool, done, kind of thing. Like Yeah, I think because so many of the second seasons of those Netflix Marvel shows let me down. 
Yeah. I'm just kind of like happy to leave it at the one. And it's like yeah. I've not watched the third season of Jessica Jones either. Oh, no. Yeah, no idea. The second one was such a slog. And Daredevil yeah. as well. How can Daredevil was such a shame. First season it? and yeah. then yeah. just really peter out like so epically. <laughs> Do you reckon they just blow their wad in the first season? They're like, oh, yeah, we just get it all out there and make it amazing. And it's like, right, what about the second season? Well, I guess we'll bring that character back again somehow. What do you think? <laughs> that, I think it's you build such an anticipation in the, you know, you such a there's no level of anticipation so much for what you do in the first season that it catches people. I suppose that you're always trying to one up yourself. Yeah. You then second, it's like the Defenders. Everything was building up to the Defenders. And then you were, well, that's a bit of a letdown, to be honest. Yeah, I would have quite happily had an episode of that where they just sat around talking for a bit. <laughs> Be like, you did that and that, oh, awesome! <laughs> it just felt like four people forced together. Yeah, yeah, it's just not fun, is it? But and the biggest shame was Iron Fist because it actually got interesting towards the end of the second season, and then they cancelled it. Yeah, and I I did enjoy Iron Fist. I didn't. I kind of half watched it in that. I watched every episode, but I wasn't paying 100%. I wasn't drawn into it. So I'd be sat there doodling on my iPad and kind yeah, of glancing. Same. You know, I wasn't like, with Punisher, I was literally like sucked in. I was like, this is awesome. This guy is the best Punisher. It was so aggressive. It was ridiculous. Yeah, like, the only thing I had with Punisher was I wanted a little bit more of him punishing. Just like got, couple, It's the same with Luke Cage. Yeah. I wanted a couple of episodes of him actually doing the Hero of a Higher stuff. Before yeah. we had to drive the story forward. Yeah. But that's yeah. possibly also part of the thing of growing up as a 90s kid. Yeah. Where you had like. <laughs> yeah. Them just I doing agree things. with you on that. It would be cool to have seen him kind of equally got beaten up, not like completely decked, but he took so much punishment himself. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the things you're like, can he just like do a few fights where he actually doesn't really get that scathed because he's just like badass. And then, you know, when he kind of fights kind of a bit more kind of high level kind of bad guy that he can then uh, kind of maybe then he takes a bit of a kick in sort of thing. Yeah. But it was good. Very good. But yeah, it's a... it's weird, isn't it? It's, it's such a, I think that's why comics is, is so good though, isn't it? It's, you know, they're, they're almost as a medium, they're almost hard to replace, aren't yeah. they? Like if they went, this argument's sake comics just stopped which would never happen i don't think because they still have the underground indie press and things like that but argument's sake comics stop it you would still it it just seems impossible that you could there's nothing to take its place it's so huge yeah as a thing isn't it it's just like i know it sounds weird i could imagine video games not existing and people kind of playing doing vr kind of yeah. games essentially but like handheld video game console sort of things going and people just using their phone playing game or whatever but physical comics i just find that really difficult to imagine that happening yeah it's just it's such a tactile thing the feel the look the smell yeah it's just huge isn't it and it's like I don't, every time I've given someone a comic or lent someone, no one's ever come back and gone, nah, not for me. Everyone's always wanted the next book or been really excited about it. Or, And I think it's, there's not many people I could give a book to or 
a program to or whatever and be like, oh yeah, you go watch that, you'll you'll love that kind of thing. Because I think everyone gets their own thing out of a comic, don't they? As well, yeah. like you'll you'll read it and you'll get something, be it the art, be it the storyline, be it the you fall in love with that particular character or or something. Um, yeah, it's just they're great, aren't they? they're just great (laughs) why comics they're just great done we could have done this in five minutes sorry i'll edit all that other stuff out brilliant yeah (laughs) just get that bit so sort of quickly before we wrap it up then so what are you what have you got in the pipeline what can people expect from uh from 4p from 4p so um you can obviously head to my site and you can get hold of Lips and Pussy Man Fists for free as a download, or you can buy it floppy if you wish. Um, George Mayhem is going to is going to print this month. I've just had the um, samples through, so I just need to tweak a few little bits, and then that's going to print. I would have thought next week. Uh, that'll be going up on Tribute Press's uh, store. And that's still available to read on the Patreon as well. Still, isn't it? yeah, 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 yeah. You can go to the Patreon, read the whole thing there for a pound fifty, um, which is a steal. And they've obviously got Flesh and Ink coming up on that next, yeah. and Fame's on that at the moment, which is pretty decent. Um, and da, 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 da. we're doing Meanwhile Comic Con as long as it all goes ahead. So that'd be me, Adam, and Tony doing that as tribute press that'd be cool in commentary it's in september the 17th i think that is the weekend and then i am working on another book with tony at the moment um i think i can i won't say anything (laughs) no better not i'm working on another book with tony it's not uh george mayhem it's a different uh character a different story um and I've got a story with Tony uh, called Fuck a Duck in the, <laughs> <laughs> in the uh, awesome comics anthology thing that Sarah Harris is putting together. The DUI one. Yep. So that that's there. Um, I'm working. I'm almost finished Bugman, which is my next mini comic, which will be going up on my site. Um, if you go to my website, you can down, you can get added to my newsletter, uh, and you get all this sort of stuff for free. Um, and then I'm working on a an, a project with uh, George London as well. Um, can't talk about what that is either because he's only just sent it through to me. But tons of stuff really. Like, so I made this kind of uh, decision at the start of the year, maybe end of last year where um i was kind of flitting between i did album covers for people i did posters i did comics for myself i did bits here bits there and was kind of ditting around loads of different things and ideas and whatever and um i got to the point where i was like i just really want to be good at comic i really want to get good at comics like proper focus on it and you know I kind of stopped and I was like, the problem is I'm not focusing on comics. Like I am doing them, but I do loads of stuff as everyone knows. 
and I was like, right, I'm not doing anything else. I'm just doing comics. I'm not going to do album covers. I'm not going to do pinups, really. I'm not going to do posters. I'm not going to like hock around my design service for editorial pieces and, you know, do things like that anymore. I'm that's on. I'm doing comics. And that's why I'm pumping out so many books at the moment. I think it was it. So was it four this year so far? Yeah. Four. Yeah. So I've got fifth on the way. So maybe, I don't know, maybe in India I could have like six, seven uh, in a year, which is just stupid. They're not big. They're not like amazing, but they're just getting that at those hours in you know doing bad or like doing comics that like aren't particularly maybe they're not amazing or fully considered but i'm focusing on it i'm like this is what i'm doing i'm going to learn this i'm going to master it so i don't think it's about that it's about putting something out there yeah to a certain degree i mean as long as what you're putting out isn't you know complete shite that's going to damage for want (laughs) of a better term your brand kind of thing Yeah. yeah i think that's the exciting thing about comics is that you're free to experiment oh definitely definitely just because it doesn't work doesn't mean it's not no i think i think for me it's more about you're pretty similar to me Stuart, in that you've got a a creative brain that has ideas be you watch movies and things like that so you have that concept of oh i would love this kind of shot like that yeah but you can't always recreate it you know, like you, or it doesn't have the same. There's something missing out of it, and I think that's what I wanted to explore. I was like, I just want to, for people to pick up my books and be like, "Whoa, Thorpe is like leveling up like crazy." You know, I want that kind of because I think my artwork got there. I, I spent a lot of time working on my lines and uh, my process, and I got really good with paints and spray paints and all these mediums like really focused very hard to get my style as i wanted it yeah and now and then i kind of got them as like what am i doing before this what am i like and i had that kind of that classic panic that we all have that self-doubt voice going what the hell am i actually doing like what uh 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 and i thought well, i want to do comics so let's just let's just focus on that for now and forget about all the other bits and we'll just see where this kind of crazy train takes us kind of thing so yeah, yeah. so light, light in the pipe work um yourself you got any cool things coming uh, up no i've got a couple of um comics um roadkill was meant to be like a double feature so i've started chipping away at what would have been the main feature of that because i wanted to do it like an old b-movie kind of thing awesome yep so i'm chipping away at that i've got a couple of other things that are on the back but my problem is is that i have three or four ideas on the go at once and then yeah. i'll occasionally be like oh, i've got an idea for a stupid little three pager or something yeah yeah so but you know things are either turn out as a jumbled mess or <laughs> yeah but i think that's what's great about some of these mini things isn't it as we kind of touched on earlier on is that you can have these ideas and kind of just kind of scratch the itch well, so a lot of it is stuff i penciled out like two or three years ago some of it mm. And it's just been sitting in a sketchbook and I've sort of gone back to it and been kind of like, actually, I've got the time to do it sort of now, a bit yeah. more than I did. The kids are slightly older and you know, the you world more. shut down. So yeah, <laughs> I can uh, sort of do that. And yeah, I just I enjoy it a bit more than I used to at the minute, which sounds strange because I've always enjoyed drawing. But now no, I just I, feel I, like, yeah, 
there's yeah. something more in it for me. But like I say, I've got a couple of things that I've sort of hit a wall on, so they're just they've gone back in the top drawer for now. And, yeah, yeah. And like I say, it's just chucking little things up on the website, and I chuck them up for free, so nobody can really complain. No, but I think that's it, isn't it? It's just get like you said earlier on. It's just getting it out there, isn't it? And having you know, and seeing how it hits and lands, and you know, oh, that's worked quite well. And um, like I, I, I like seeing people's reaction. What pa- what panels they like? I get a lot yeah. of emails now of people saying, "Oh, this panel was great. That panel was great. Like we did here. This is cool." There's like some guy in uh, New York who stumbled across me, and I, when I and I sent him out the the PDFs and he was just going bananas like oh mate this is amazing it's like I love your stuff why are you not in America why are you not over here why are you not doing that and I was like oh you know you know just kind of chatted about that for a bit which was quite nice yeah. um but it was good because he was kind of like I like this but I don't like that and I like this and I don't like that and it's kind of really handy to hear that sometimes because yeah, that's it and that's the kind of group you want to hear that from isn't it yeah yeah, people that the are people who can ignore are the ones that you put it out there. Well, that was shit. So, well, why? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, cool. why? I'm sure it is, but why? Yeah. What about it was that you didn't know? Oh, what? It's just crap. Yeah. Just <laughs> thank you it. for your input. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And even constructive criticism, you don't have to take it. No, no, but it's good to hear sometimes. I think it's well. There's nothing say, worse than yeah, that was great, mate. It's like cool. I can do nothing with that. <laughs> no, brilliant. Thank you. You've you've hit you've you've hit your uh, your ceiling. <laughs> Oh dear. Be better than this. No, exactly. I I think that's why I like seeing my work. Some of my stuff I think is bad because I'm like, wow, I could do better than that. That's good. I'm still well, growing, still developing. The, the way I look at it is that the best worst case scenario is that somebody will look at it and go, I could do better than that. And hopefully they will go off and do better than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in which case, in a backhanded way, I've is put another creator out into the world or yeah. <laughs> encourage somebody else to be kind of like, if that prick can do it, then I can tell my story. I do. It is fun, actually. I've had a few people I know that have actually said things like, oh, mate, I'm going to do a comic because if you can do it, I can do it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, de- definitely. And they usually get into about page three and give up. Yeah, it's why I'm always dubious of the people on Kickstarter that haven't started it yet, but it's going to be like, you know, 12 issues. Yeah. And they'll have a Netflix deal where the end of it. And it's like you're going to get yeah. two pages into that and walk yeah. away. Biggest lesson I ever learned was doing Sub Diablo, which is when I did it serialized. And I did number four and went, I'm never, ever, 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 ever doing a one, two, three, four thing unless I'm working with someone on it. And it's, and I've got help because it just, I feel like it, you don't know how you're going to feel about these books. I don't is you know like when I've done the big ones you know like the um, Errol and uh, Baron and the Cat and George and some of these books they're so big and that's great but I feel like if I'd done those in kind of 20 page sprints and got them out there I would have got bored of them yeah well I mean the other thing is that life happens doesn't it around it (laughs) yeah but I think it's it's when you (sighs) There's something about stopping, you know, like the way I kind of see it, it's almost like you 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 climb this mountain, you get the first one done, you put it out there and you go, yes, I've done it. People really enjoy it. And then you've got to somehow sum up the courage to go back again. Yeah. And start writing and drawing and pencing the second one. 
and to do that four times is just like you know minimum four times or you know to me it's like oh my god like it's just hard you know you whereas i feel like when i do one shots at least i know when i'm climbing up that hill we all know what that feels like like you know if it's if we're talking like 30 pages the first five are fun yeah yeah it's like decorating isn't it yeah the first half of a wall is quite enjoying it yeah five first five pages are fun the kind of 20 pages in the middle are pain and the last five pages are awesome (laughs) because you know you've done it and then he goes out there and you think and everything like falls off you doesn't it you you forget about all the nightmare that you had doing the bit in the middle and you're looking at going oh this was so much fun i'm gonna do another one (laughs) i've said many times i think mini comics and monoduns are the way forward for small press yeah all day long yeah i'd back you on that 100 percent. because there's nothing worse than picking up an issue one and issue two never appears if i'm honest with you mate i do not pick up issue ones from small press unless there's they're very special if there's something I, don't, I don't anymore unless the issue one of a series that i can see the ongoing uh, uh, yeah yeah i need like if i if i see it and i'm like wow this looks amazing then i'll pick it up like yeah. other than that i'm like uh, we'll see or you know you'll probably do a trade at some point and i'll get that or that's it it's like do a like in one shot one by all means do a follow-up to it like legend of la mariposa yeah yeah it's like do it like that so that i don't feel like i have to buy everything or that i'm gonna get <laughs> shortchanged on the story if you decide yeah. you're not gonna finish it kind of thing yeah 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 exactly that it's, the option's always there to do more just don't put a number on it no call it like no. you know steve adventures in the freezer aisle or whatever and then <laughs> i tell you what the interesting thing is i found when i was doing sub diablo the first one or like you know the, the my first kind of kind of dip into comics is i am it's an easy way out when you're writing to leave a cliffhanger i find at the end of a book yeah you don't have to find a conclusion and then you're racking your brains of oh how am i gonna how am i gonna tie this up in book four you know like i've weaved so many bloody lines everywhere because i'm (laughs) dicking around all over the place that i've kind of i don't know where i am right now you know and I think when you're doing a one shot, you, you, you're more focused. You're more kind of like, right, this has to finish in this book. It like, And like Errol and Barron and all those books I do, they're never finished, finished. Then, you know, the person hasn't died at the end or hasn't like, you know, um, been vaporized or something. So it's like there is no way they're coming back. The story has to finish cleanly. Do you know what I mean? There's always a, no, a I've, way back. I've always felt that there's something oddly satisfying about an open-ended ending the yeah. satisfaction that it's ended but then possibly it's a bit like when a tv show gets cancelled sometimes it's really satisfying that they didn't get a chance to wrap everything up because inevitably it's going to disappoint you let's let's be honest here big trouble little china when at the end of it when he's driving the truck and then the creature pokes his head up outside the basket on the back of the truck i remember seeing that as a kid and being like well there's definitely going to be a big trouble little china too like they ha- they've, 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 they've left that open like well what happens there luckily the comic picks up on that amazingly well and it is an amazing run of co- amazing run 
Big Trouble in Little China. I need to read the comics. I was I loved the film so much that I was always dubious about. Mate, it's amazing. I'm a massive Big Trouble in Little China fan, massive, and it's amazing. They've because John Carpenter was part of it, the making of the comics. It's amazing. Um, Word of warning. I think it's. I did this on um, comics for the apocalypse because there's a bit where they changed the artist and it crushed me to death, but they, but it's in the second arc basically. Right. So they, they do, I think it's like volume, just make sure you get the first artist, the the first guy, I can't remember who it is now. So I think it's like volume one and two continues on from the film, perfectly finishes that bit. Then they kind of a little ending at the end of that one. Then they do book three, they get a different artist in their shit and ruin it and make me cry and want to go and like burn the book. But then I buy volume four because it's got a different artist and it gets good again. So I I would have happily stopped at volume two and been like, you've done me a big trouble in Little China 2 movie and it's awesome and I love it and it's perfect. So, yeah. If you can get on eBay and find that cheap, do it. You'd love it. I think I bought a couple of the first. The first two was floppies, like issue one and two. But I'd, like I say, I just I couldn't quite ever bring myself to read them just because I love the film so right. much. Well, it starts from the basket, the the thing in the basket. So he discovers it, and that's how it starts the first one. And you're like, yes. <laughs> I've been waiting 20 years to know what happened. See, I might have to get you back on for Anvoy Not so we can do Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, I'd love to do that. Awesome. Yeah, it's one of my favourite films of all time. Cool. I shall uh, be in touch about that then. Okay. Uh, so, so, other than your website then, where can people find you online if they want to uh, seek Miss, out? Mr. Forpe. Uh, M-R-F-O-R-P-E. And that is Instagram and Twitter. And I am on there. And I'm also on the Awesome Comics Slack as well with everybody else, which has been I was quite say, fun. isn't these days. I know. If you're not on there, then who are you? <laughs> I'm just rubbish at keep remembering to check it because it's something new. I'm not yeah. automatically reflexed I'm to having go panic to it. I keep having panic attacks on that thing because I keep like logging in like three days later and it's like 54 unread messages. That's I'm like, it. oh, crap. And then I glide through. I'm like, oh, okay, yep, 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 yep. Cool. Well, I'm caught up again. Well, the so, other day I was like, oh, there's not much new on here. And then no. um, Dan Butcher posted about all the other threads that you have to yeah. find. And it's like, oh, fuck, Mr. Always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but isn't it beautiful? It's like the most, it's like social media is, is like a thing that isn't toxic. <laughs> I just, I, I find it just, just lovely. I was on that, you know, it's people just chatting and sharing stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is what this is a good social media. Like, yeah. Maybe it's a social media for adults, isn't it? Where we're just, you know, we get it. We we get it is. conversation. It's, it's, it's grown ups that can be like, you know, oh, that's cool. You like that. It's not my kind of thing. But yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. glad that you love it. And I'm going to leave the conversation. <laughs> yeah. There's no rants in there about political agendas or anything, which is lovely. There's, there's so, nobody telling me I've never read a comic because I didn't like no. Anna Steele. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, yes, I know. But that's what comics is now, apparently. Yeah. It's apparently. not. It's not. There, there's good places out there. There are. Very but, 
Awesome. Cheers for doing that, man. No, it's been wonderful fun. It's nice to I I've seen you so many times, but it's usually for ten minutes here and five minutes there, isn't it? At shows and stuff. So well, yeah, I think we actually initially chat. lined this up about uh, just towards the end of Troops twenty twenty. And I was like, you yeah. have to come on the pod. And you were like, cool. And then the world yeah. went to shit. And <laughs> yeah, see, COVID, another thing COVID uh, destroyed. So, but yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's been wicked fun, and um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. Really enjoyed it. Cool, cool.